You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. It is the big story right now, the big event that we're all waiting for. Of course, that's the CEO of South Africa Incorporated, Mr. President Cyril Ramaphosa, is uh, announcing his cabinet to revamp today. Uh, It was supposed to happen uh, shortly after the show at 7 p.m., but uh, we have got news that it has been moved out to 8 p.m. We do know it has been in the pipeline for quite some time, and in fact, many have criticized the uh, president for dragging his feet on this. But uh, as the saying in some corners goes, uh, better late than uh, never. We do have Alan McGorky, CEO at uh, Saki, for for Saki's take. Um, the South African Chamber of Commerce and Industries take on the uh, upcoming cabinet reshuffle. Alan, thanks so much for your time. Uh, I suppose, I mean, we've been waiting for this for such a long time. What does another hour make? But just your take on what you are expecting to hear. Well, I think that uh, good evening to you, uh, Fifi, and your listeners as well. I, look, I don't think that there's much that you can expect other than the moving of the chairs uh, on the Titanic. I mean, the president generally, has, uh, or any other uh, ruling party president, has tended to go internally in their own organization to look at people that they can actually appoint to cabinet positions. There's not much really uh, to separate between the various uh, you know, uh, contenders and uh, and people who are in those positions or possibly can be in those particular positions. So I think that it's just moving people around and maybe some people won't come back. New people may may well come in. You know, the president always tries to to deal with different issues. I mm-hmm. think that he tends to be motivated more by uh, elements that are far away from issues of competence or far away from issues of what is the task at hand and what needs to be done and rather tries to play the role of being the, the, the uniting force within his own ruling party. So it, we see him as someone who tries to do that, mm-hmm. more uh, a government of, of national unity type environment within his own political party, trying to uh, you know, uh, appease uh, a lot of the various strains within the same organization. And at times, those things are not necessarily what South Africa needs. Sure. I mean, also, um, I think we all know that you can't, please or appease everyone as uh, someone or something has has to give. But uh, Alan, I'm interested in the description that you made uh, of the Titanic. And I just want a clarity on what you were describing as the Titanic, the ANC government or the economy? Well, the ANC uh, uh, itself as a, as a ruling party, because he can only go most likely into the uh, the, the, the 86 people that would have been elected at the last ANC conference, and he will most likely go, because those 86 include the top six, he will most likely go into the 80 people who are there and try and and move, uh, either retain the people who are already there, because most of those people are already in the NEC, or pick up people who come from the NEC. It's 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 basically the same type of skill sets. It's, it's generally the same kind of people that you find. We are not going to be able to avoid and evade the, 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 the issues, the reality of what happens in South Africa today. The majority of the ruling party, uh, uh, big uh, uh, officials would come from the branch chairpersons or the branch secretaries. Uh, they congregate every five years at Nazarek or, or any other venue. And if you look at the professions from which 
most of those people get to be drawn, given the fact that most of the professional people maybe would have come from those areas long, long left the areas or they're focused on other things, you'll find that the majority of those people that would tend to come from either the teaching profession or they'll come from the, 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 the unions or they'll come from former community activists. So there isn't, there's a very narrow and a very, uh, 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 a very small pool of professions as we speak from which you will find the typical leader that comes from the ruling party. So those are the people who make the bulk mm-hmm. of what you'd find to be the top 86. Those are the people, again, by the way, <laughs> with respect, you'd find that they make the bulk of the cabinet as it is. So you'd find that the president is a former unionist, the deputy is a former teacher, the one who's just left now, the minister of uh, energy is a unionist, the minister of finance is a unionist, the minister of trade and industry is a former unionist, the minister of labor is a teacher. So you'd find that that's where you would get to draw your skills. However, the complexity of the country in a 21st and century environment with the complexity of the problems that have actually become weakened. Weaker problems are those that don't even have a solution sometimes, and sometimes the people who claim to be the solution become the problem. They require an advanced set of skills of people who have a higher level of experience in, in executive management, in, in leadership development, in understanding the nature of the world. So we're dealing the cards that we have in South Africa today, given the history, of course, of South Africa that has denied the majority of these people that I'm mentioning uh, from having adequate skills, a level of experience that is required either in, in senior level executive uh, experience, uh, finance, managing, strategy, those kinds of things, and the very education that people were actually denied. So you have to repeat, uh, rinse, repeat from exactly the same cohort or the same pool of people sure. where the talent isn't one of the highest things that you have. So that's a change that we've always been calling for to say it's a structural and systemic change that can then move South Africa into the high level. Absolutely, people work very hard. You're go- you not actually going to find any of those cabinet ministers who are slackers who don't actually put in the hours. They do. They work 24 hours, uh, 16 hours a day, that kind of stuff. But obviously, a person can only be competent to the extent of their own level of experience. If you come from a, a, a place where I was a unionist, or you come from a place where I was a community activist, or you come from Robben Island, you are not necessarily going to be able to cope today with the demands of what that particular job actually now requires in terms of the complexity of the challenge that is now in face of us. And that's what South Africans are refused, refusing to acknowledge, because that's exactly what's going to happen. So moving the chairs on the Titanic, it means you're just shifting people around, but the Titanic is eventually going to sink because you're not actually dealing with the real issues of what you really do need to do systemically and structurally. Okay. Do you reckon that the uh, person that's announced to fill the uh, vacancy of the Ministry of Electricity could possibly be an anomaly to the description or the skill set that you've um, spoken about thus far, especially just uh, given the uh, rumours uh, that this person will be an outsider and is uh, potentially uh, Dr. Khosienzo Ramakopa, who is currently heading the infrastructure fund there in the um, with the infrastructure portfolio in the uh, presidency and who, by a lot of uh, commentary that I've read, has been... Uh, kind of praised in terms of the job that he has done in that portfolio? Well, you know, we, we never generally comment about individuals because we talk about the system. But of course, the individual that you're mentioning, w- one of the most talented South Africans, forget about whether he's in the public sector or private sector, uh, 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 Hossein Saramakupa, 
is fundamentally one of the most talented South Africans that you'll meet. It doesn't matter wherever you are. Whether he, He'll make it in the private sector anytime. He'll make it anywhere anytime. The challenge, of course, that he faces is very different, even if he became the Minister of Electricity, because there is also the issue of the environment. There's the issue of the politics that accompany that environment. It's a system that requires a congruent approach in terms of making sure that you can align the process, the people, the politics, the culture, and all these particular things all working at the same time. And by the way, he's not the person who's going to be running ESCOM. That would remain 98% of your problem. So being a minister of electricity coming from outside, there isn't much of an impact that he, talented, unbelievably talented he is. I'm telling you now because I know that for a fact. There isn't much that he himself alone can do until we change the system. That's why I keep saying a systematic structural problem that exists overall that needs to be changed because you have to change everything. You've got to look at all the supplier contracts. You've got to look at what exactly are the issues that are the root causes that are causing the problems that we have. Is it, is it a, a power station issue? Is it an issue because there are so many, there's more than 17 gigs of installed capacity that is actually not working? Okay, so we know and we can only wish him luck. If he's the person who's going to come in there, we know that he's an absolutely dynamic talent. Mm-hmm. But he would need the entire system to work. For instance, people say the sabotage and criminality, what else can you do? He's not a minister of police. He's not a police commissioner. So you'd need that particular element to be working. So the system itself in its entirety, from safety and security to procurement to logistics to power generation to knowing how to run plant to having the people and the culture and the values that work in tandem and are actually at the same high level will need to all happen all at the same time. Sure. It sounds like you're saying essentially you're expecting more of the same and essentially it's this cabinet reshuffle is going to be a non-event for uh, Saki given the fact that it's not going to move the dial in any way, shape or form for what the economy needs? Until we change the system, because we, we, we've complained, when we say build a meritorious, uh, a, a meritorious system, as I'm saying, with respect uh, 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 to Dr. Khotienzo uh, Ramakopa, one of the most talented people I've ever met myself personally, he, he alone, we need people like him, we need like something like 50 of those people who mm. look like him, who smell like him, who behave like him, from culture to values to everything else. We don't have that. Because what you need, you need a critical mass of a meritocracy. And then that must be coupled with attitude, behavior, habit. That must be coupled with the right culture. When we say we're, we're, we're hiring people who are, who, are, who are technically competent in their field, we must be able to do that across the board. From the board appointment, from the people who are in cabinet who are actually going to be responsible for appointing that particular cabinet. What is the template that you are using? There is this thing, let me just make an example in, in, in senior executive leadership uh, uh, experience that is called the flow effect. It means, in other words, if you, your organization, for instance, hires on IQ, all right, mm-hmm. the variance when it comes to IQ between people is going to be very narrow. In other words, you're not going to find much wider of a gap between people because this particular organization here hires people on, 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 on IQ. What will make the people who are stars, who are the most high-performing superstars in that organization, is going to be the element of emotional intelligence across the four levels of self-awareness, self-management, empathy, and social skills. So that's where you're going to find the superstars. You're not going to find them from IQ because IQ simply lets you go in 
into the room so that you're on the table. But that's not going to give you performance. Now, that's what we call by template. So if you now say, I'm looking for people who are going to run ESCOM, and I go for IQ, I look for all the alpha males who've performed really well in banking or at NAMPEC or whatever the case might be, and you don't have a very clear defined template, you're actually most likely going to make the mistake of hiring on IQ, whereas the beast that you're dealing with, it's an ambidextrous organization. It's got so many components that are very difficult, may require someone who's more stronger on social skills, empathy, self-management, self-awareness, who will know that I'm not going to be hearing this for the first time that the Minister of Energy thinks that I'm a policeman because I'm meeting with the Minister of Energy regularly. He is one of my key stakeholders. What gives us that level of awareness is understanding the system in its totality and its impact and what is actually going to make you successful. You shouldn't be surprised that the union leader who is at, at ESCOM has said a few things about you. These are the people you are meeting regularly because your emotional intelligence skills are taking you to those places because you have to understand the politics. You've got to understand who are these crooks that you think are there and how are you going to actually manage the entire ecosystem of being able to talk to the Minister of Police, having a relationship with the Commissioner of Police so that you can actually be able to manage in that world. But if you come there with IQ only, oh, I'm a banker, or oh, I'm a technical guy, well, you're not actually going to succeed in an environment like that. You may well succeed in the JSE, listed entity mm-hmm. that doesn't have a lot of noise. I hear you. Ellen, you've given us a lot to think about there uh, in the lead up to that uh, discussion, the reshuffle. Thanks so much for those insights. Ellen McGorky, CEO at uh, Sakin, of course, uh, not happening at seven o'clock. The uh, president is expected to rather now speak at eight o'clock this evening. So that's in one hour and 10 minutes time. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.